Good morning, my friends. Happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday, December. No, wow, wow, wow. Already at the gate, Spaz. Already at the gate. I'm messing up. <laughs> it is February, you guys. What am I talking about? Happy February, you guys. February 16th, 2021. Uh, welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co host, Brian. And joining me, as always, for these morning shows is your co host, Spaz. Hello. It is 6 a.m. I mean, we usually stream at 6 a.m., uh, but, you know, doing interviews is a different thing, y'all. So it's a different, like, brain set. So we are doing, we're here at 6 a.m. because our guest is in Bucharest, Romania. Uh, joining us uh, all the way over from, would you consider that Eastern Europe? Is that, is that what you, is that Eastern Okay. Um, okay, because joining us from Eastern Europe is, Oh, okay. I'm just going to say it how it's spelled. Alex Trofin. Yeah, that's that's probably right. <laughs> of, uh, how do you say it? Uh, in Romanian? Yes. Say it again. Trofin. Trofin. Yeah. I mean, I, it works. It doesn't matter. I, I, I want to at least try. You know, I want to at least try to get it right at least once. Uh, say the Klingon. <laughs> uh, Alex Trofin of Hellride Games to talk to us. About um about uh, his upcoming capital ship combat game, Capital Command. Uh, welcome, Alex. Hi. Yeah, thank you for coming on. This is not your first space game. This is the first time we you, we've had you on, but uh, we've covered your your games before. You did uh, Thrust and Shoot, I believe it's called. Yeah, uh, from uh, that, that was uh, yeah, that was my first. Yeah, uh, couple- thanks very, very much for having me. Um, and uh, yeah, I uh, this is the second one, but Trust and Shoot was pretty much my third, first uh, first game I published on Steam, and the first space game, space game I did. And uh, it, it was, I mean, it, it has problems, I guess, uh, as first uh, first uh, efforts go. Um, but this one is uh, is. Pretty much, I hope I've uh, learned from the mistakes I made with Trust and Shoot, and uh, this one is for real. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I think Thrust and Shoot, if I remember correctly, it wasn't a very like long experience, but I did I think enjoy my brief time with it. If I'm remembering correctly. So, um, yeah, that was a big problem with it. Uh, I spent so much time uh, and uh, effort uh, making the flight actual flight work for me i guess and it kind of worked for everybody <laughs> that that uh, that told me about it however uh, the problem was that um the when i made the game i had to i was learning so much stuff and i pretty much um caused uh, the the technology just didn't allow me to make a lot of the game a lot of missions so oh. uh, every mission ended up taking me a very long time to make which is also probably my 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 personal fault because I'm not really good at that. I'm not a good mission designer, I guess, and a level designer. And it's kind of hard for me to do that. And also technology was really difficult to work with. So uh, I, at the, by the time I actually got four missions and the tutorial done, I was super happy to just, you know what? This is okay. This, this <laughs> is, if I can't, I can't anymore. And I, I had to stop. Is super difficult adding more stuff, and as I added more stuff for each mission, because every mission in Tactical Control has kind of a different theme. Uh, but as I added fun- functionality for one mission, I ended up, of course, breaking everything else. 
So I just I couldn't anymore, and I and I stopped. And the result is a game with um, for for uh, um, missions four missions and a tutorial. And uh, the thing is, uh, you're learning to fly a different kind of spaceship. But um, once you once you figure out how to fly the ship, there are four scenarios where basically uh, there's a dogfighting mission, there's a ground attack mission. Uh, I can't really remember <laughs> what. The yeah, other yeah, yeah, it was. It was a. It was what three years ago that that came out, like yeah, roughly. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's which which is an eon in computer gaming time, um, but but are you getting help for the new one in terms of the mission planning, or just have have you learned enough that you feel- actually, actually what I learned was that I don't want to do it, so <laughs> it's pretty much, you know because I mean I have to play to my strengths and uh, my strength is not there, so actually I I made this uh, capital command is made from the start knowing that I'm not gonna be scripting missions and making levels. Rather uh, than you know, emergent logic and uh, mechanics create the various situations we were fighting. Uh, basically, enemies appear pretty much randomly, or well, not randomly, randomly, but procedurally generated enemies at uh, hopefully well-chosen times and places, and uh, you're left with you know, go ahead, fight them. But I'm not scripting the missions for this one. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, that's fair. So this is going to be much more, like you said, emergent, much more um, procedural. No, oh, I, I lo- we love we love that stuff around here. So that's totally fine. Uh, so, folks, if you're not aware, Capital Command is um, you're commanding a you're ga- the the intent is to command a single capital ship. That is the com- that is yeah. the intent. Yeah, and uh, there are no shields in this game, uh, y'all. I like there there no there. there there's no magical bubble that protects your, your hull from incoming stuff. But there aren't like really, if I'm remembering correctly, there aren't like lasers or phasers or anything. Like everything has like a physical, like all the weapons are physical. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So you have, uh, you have artillery, you have missiles and you have smaller guns that could uh, work as point defense or, um, or uh, as like kind of a close range, kind of take out like take out a turret on this close ship, you know. Um, and it's it's really it's really kind of fascinating. I don't know if you'll see on the video. Uh, uh, we got a demo, kind of a early demo of the uh, of the game. Because you you can kill enemies at will if you want or add them. But I mean, yeah. It's a, f- a flight demo, if anything. There's n- the, the, there's n- absolutely no campaign element involved. Right. And you can spawn enemies and fight with them. Right. And so I had an, I had a fun, like, f- 15, 20-minute battle uh, where I was doing pretty well, and then I spawned a couple extra enemies. I, I And I realized late that there's a button where you can tell them to move. I hadn't pushed that for a while, so they were just kind of sitting there. <laughs> So I was like, why am I doing so well? Oh, that's why I'm doing. They're not moving. Okay, but then once once they start Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Please, please, please. But once they started moving, they really started uh working me over. Uh now, um, we already have a question. We talked about this beforehand, uh Para Will. But uh he Para has a question. 
Will it have assault shuttles to board ships? And you said there is boarding, but how exactly do, will that work? Uh, okay, so um, in this game, uh, you, uh, the enemies are actually, the story is that they are AI controlled. So, um, I mean, we can talk, I, I guess we can talk about this later, but basically uh, enemy ships are uh, rogue AIs or actually malfunctioning AIs, I guess, not necessarily rogue, rather berserk AIs. They are going around killing stuff, and uh, you're there to to stop them. You're there to protect a space station full of civilians. Basically, this is the campaign, and uh, you're stopping them from taking take, uh, from taking out that station and from killing all the civilians. So the point is, uh, it's uh, currently uh, cap you you're gonna capture them. In that, you're gonna disable the AI, and then you're gonna hack the AI by downloading the virus into it. So in game, what actually happens is after you get a lucky shot that shuts him down for a few minutes, you have to get near him, stay near him for, uh, I guess, 60 seconds or something, while a progress bar, uh, progress bar fills. And at that point, he's neutralized and he's effectively uh, your ally. So you're not actually sending assault shuttles and boarding things as much as, uh, you know, shutting down the computer and then getting near enough to subdue the ship uh, pretty much, I guess, by remote. Okay, and then once you subdue it, the AI is going to fight on your side. Or at least he's now he's no longer shooting at you. All <laughs> oh, right. Once you once you neutralize the ship, you can also uh, transfer uh, yourself, as in take control of the ship and fly that from then on. Right, and that is the intended way to upgrade from the. Uh... But he stars a Corvette, I think you were saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the smallest, um, lightest ship is uh, called the, the Scout Corvette. And uh, the intent is, of course, to end up, to go, to, to move up all the way to battleships and heavy frigates and all kinds of now, now, we kind of touched upon this a little bit before the show, but I wanted to ask, it, it, the, the intent is for you to command a, a single ship, but will there be allied ships fighting with you that you can give like general commands to like attack this target or protect me or that sort of thing. Well, I really, I, I kind of wish for that, but I have the, the a big problem that, uh, I don't want to turn the, sh the game into an RTS. So uh. I'm, I really want to focus on flying one ship. Well, and if you've got multiple ships, you're, you're, you're less of a captain and more of an admiral. And just just like in in real life, the admiral doesn't also command a ship. Right. And uh, like in in real life fleets, I mean naval fleets, there's the cap, there's the admiral who gives everybody orders and then watches the action unfold while actually the captain fights his ship. And actually, there's another uh, uh, crewman crew member who actually drives the ship. Right. So it's three totally different roles, and I'm not sure I can. Um, I mean, if you if you're one of them, I, then the others need to be simplified. Right, right. Like I, I was thinking, just like general commands, like not like an R, not like an RTS, but thinking just like if you have enemy, if you have if you have a ship fighting with you, you can just give them like a protect me or attack enemy command, and that was it. You know, like just keep or it a, retreat. Yeah, or retreat. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. 
or come over and bail me out because I'm getting pounded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I might. I might. Um, yeah, the, the, the major problem isn't necessarily technological, as, as in the code probably doesn't really need a lot. But there's a lot of work to be done on the UI side. So you have the interface to actually see what the ships are doing and give them orders. And uh, mm. on the design side, to make sure that, yeah, because UI is huge. If, if it wasn't for user interface, this game would have been done like a year ago, I guess, or something. That's true, yeah. It's a really good UI, by the way. It's a, it's a very good really UI. I really enjoy that UI. Yes. Wow. Yes. We re- <laughs> it, it, it tells awesome. you... It tells you so much at a glance, which is really nice. Like, oh, this is damaged, and that is damaged, and this is where they are, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, and this is about to fire, and 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 so there's a lot, there's a lot going on in the in the UI that is is very very good. Uh, I agree. Okay. Cool. Wow. Uh, this is this is so so encouraging for me. <laughs> but I mean, uh, give me the real. Uh, Give me the really useful stuff. What did you hate about it? I hate about it. Not nothing that. Like, I mean, come on. Well, I didn't. I I guess like since it was a very bare, bare demo with no tutorial, I didn't know what all the buttons did. So like, okay. I had to figure a few things out. But like, I figured enough out quickly enough that I was able to survive for a little while at least. Uh, but uh, like, yeah. I I wasn't sure how to like is. Is there a way, for example, like the entire time I was playing, I could only look at my own ship. Uh, is there like a, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't know if there were any view commands. Like, can I view the ship I have targeted and see what kind of damage they're taking? I did, I couldn't find anything like that. Um, uh, move the camera and look, uh, move the camera as in focus the camera on the other ship. Yeah, 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 exactly. I couldn't find anything like that. I don't know if that's in there or not, but I couldn't find it. Uh, I pushed like what like usually the usually in a lot of games it's the function keys that do that and so I pushed like one or two function keys and it's like oh everything's shut down now I'm like no 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 <laughs> no the the function keys are supposed to switch ammo yeah that's what I did and I wasn't I didn't want to do that I was like ah ah no go back to <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was not prepared for that. So I was like, oh, God, no, I'm doing okay with what I had set. No, stop. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what? Go ahead. Did, did you find the, the Zoom command? No. Are you kidding? No, I didn't find oh. it. Where is it? Uh, if you right click, it zooms in. What? I'm serious. Yeah. Okay. It's right click. I, I found it. I, okay. For what it is worth, I did find that. <laughs> During my, I didn't my even, testing. I didn't even think to right click. Oh lord. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. That's what tutorials are for. Uh, oh, oh. You've been playing space games for for a fair amount, and <laughs> but there's no the, there's no consistency in these things. <laughs> there's no consistency. I wish there was. I had to make up the stuff by myself. Yeah, there's no consistency. No, but what you made is very good. Like I, lo- I love seeing the different. Like when I get damaged, I like seeing the different, uh, the damage. And I want to talk about that. The 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 damage parties going and doing their thing. I, I really like how how damage is modeled in this game. Like individual systems. Yeah, 
this is one of my pet peeves with a lot of games that basically when you get hit, it's just, you know, a, a number drops. And when the number reaches zero, you, goodbye, you're dead. But uh, if, you're, if you're at one HP, you still got full function. This is not how stuff works. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, I reach is on fire. We're okay. Yeah. Yeah. We can still keep shooting as much as possible because our ship is on fire. It's fine. This is fine. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but I uh, know I like how one, you could see the damage to the other ships. And I love watching that. Like, I love watching the damage increase on the ship you're hitting. I really love that. But like, it's also fun. Well, fun to see your ship get damaged, and then you see like the damage control part is like, oh, your magazine will be re- ready in a minute. It's like, oh god, this is going to be the longest minute in the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like the magazine goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is going to be the most the the worst minute of my life. Um, but I I really like how how individual systems can get damaged, and they can have different degrees of damage, so they take a longer or short amount of time to, um, to repair. And then actually, I had one iteration. Um, I don't know how much, how long time ago, where actually you had the, the systems, each with their own little health bars. And when that health bar reaches, it's normally full. And when it reaches zero, you lose the system for good. And that felt, I mean, it worked in that you lost stuff and you actually cared about getting hit because you didn't want to get hit because you'd lose your guns and stuff. But on the other hand, it felt so bad because sometimes you get real unlucky and uh, bad guys shoot like uh, six uh, six uh, shells and three of them get intercepted and the other three hit the exact same thing. And goodbye, you've lost a turret for good. There was nothing you can do about it. And that that's not, I mean, it, it's realistic, I guess. But uh, in a game, it's yeah, we're playing, we're playing, yeah. we're, we're playing a game, you know. <laughs> sorry if y'all, sorry if y'all, did you guys hear that? Did you hear that noise? Did you guys hear that? Okay, yeah. okay, because my my battery decided to do a self test right then, and then just loudly told me about it. Uh, thanks, battery. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, what the hell was that? Um, no, I, I appreciate that it's a game first and foremost, and so like things can't. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's supposed, and I, um, one of the things I kind of hope to like about it, and one of the things that I wanted to do about it is that um, the whole campaign takes place uh, pretty much um, how's what's what's the term without any loading screens in it. Uh, so uh, if you lose a part of the ship for good, how are you going to get it back? Because it's not like you're going to get out of the mission and the ship magically repairs itself. When you take damage, when stuff breaks, you uh, well, the, the, the systems that break, you're going to fix yourself uh, and with damage control parties or you know, just let the crew fix them, But uh, which takes longer. If you, I guess that's the thing. Uh, but if you take hull damage, you actually have to return to the station that you're defending, and the station helps you by fixing your ship. Um, whereas if you totally, completely lose a part of your ship, like um, I, um, while doing this game, I, I read up on uh, naval battles in history, especially um, the, the biggest inspiration is World War One, 
I like Battle of Jutland uh, with all the battleships shooting each other uh, with giant guns and stuff. Mm. So, um, um, at Jutland, it did happen that uh, ships lost functionality to systems completely, as in uh, shell hits the battery and battery goes boom and stops working for good. But far more often, what happened was um, there was lucky shots were few and far between. Mostly it's just uh, this turret is disabled because its engine broke, but people are rushing in and fixing it, and it's going to get back on, online. And this is far more what I think is is fun in a game, where stuff doesn't just disappear. You know, you, you have a chance to bounce back. If, as long as you can, like, um, get out of the bad situation, you're prob- and, and probably you're in that bad situation for a good reason. But you're in a bad situation, you got, you got hit, and you lost functionalities. Well, if you can get out of that bad situation and stay kind of safe for a while, you're gonna back, you're gonna get back to, to full functionality on all systems. What you will not get back is, of course, the hull, but the hull gets repaired. So, that's... so yeah, I mean, um... <laughs> so so uh, <clears throat> so basically, is the campaign like you have stations that you're defending, like I, uh, uh, so. Um, I'm not. Um, I'm kind of hesitant to talk about it in very much detail because this is actually what I'm working on right now. Okay, that's and fine. I <laughs> change. Um, you can totally, you can totally keep it general. That's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the planning and the idea right now is that you you are in uh, you're in charge of one station. You're uh, you start the game as the garrison for one space station. And uh, the whole campaign happens, um, I guess, near the station. Although, although it, I mean, if you if you want to call near a few thousand kilometers of space, uh, but um, you're pretty much sticking around that station and always intercepting uh, enemies that move in to attack it. That's your primary job to keep the station safe. And uh, actually, every time the station takes damage because somebody gets uh, manages to uh, shoot a few at it or something, uh, you lose survive. You lose some of the survive. You, you you actually get casualties, and you, the game ends uh, in victory when uh, those survivors get evacuated, and your score at the end is uh, how many you actually manage to save, how many people. So you've got this one station that you're gonna protect, and uh, your secondary, I guess, objectives are to escort uh, more refugees who come to that station seeking your protection from different uh, parts of the, of the solar system. So there are... Uh, I guess I could start by uh, actually... Uh, I've, I've pretty much explained the campaign by now. So um, the point is um, you're part of the space uh, civilization who uh, decided uh, at some point that uh, it's okay to automate all their ships because sailors are expensive. And so they did that, and everything went pretty well until the AI uh, somehow went berserk and started attacking everything inside. And when this happens, uh, the AI fleet split into many task forces and uh, started killing people pretty much randomly. And uh, when this happens, you are one of the few remaining ships under human control. And you are sent pretty much to backwater somewhere um, to this uh, this station 
to pretty much do garrison duty and stuff and stay out of the way. Uh, and suddenly now you are the only thing that's keeping that can keep the station and the people in it uh, alive. And as the crisis progresses, um, other survivors manage to uh, to flee uh, the AI ships and come seeking refuge on your station, increasing the number of survivors you have to keep alive, uh, or, or well, that you want to keep alive. Um, and if, and in the end, everybody gets evacuated, and then you can. Uh, jump away and go home and see the victory screen. So this is the campaign. I do not know where I was going with that. No, it's fine. That's that's a that's a that's a good general description uh, of the no, campaign. If you had multiple stations, no, it's just the one. No, that's that's that sounds like more than enough to handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 that's the plan. It should be. You know, um, there was this um, one. Um, so. Uh, a big source of inspiration for me was Battlestar Galactica, except mm-hmm. for the But uh, especially the first season of Galactica was all about this atmosphere of uh, tension and not knowing where bad things were going to come from next. And the Galactica is pretty much just trying to keep, keep, keep stuff together and not let too many poor innocent civilians get killed. And this is what I want you to feel in this. Uh, that I, I submit that that one episode uh, thirty three is one yeah, of the yeah. finest yes. one of the finest episodes of anything ever made. That's that that's kind of the sad thing about Battlestar Galactica. It like started from that episode, and it was kind of all downhill from there. <laughs> the third season started going downhill. Oh God, yeah! Like right after yeah. they left, right after they left New Caprica is when I feel. It was like they should have just ended it there. <laughs> why, why would they lose Pegasus? I mean, why would they do? Oh, I, I'm still sad about that. It was yeah. a gr- it was a great scene, but I was like, oh no, that sucks. Yeah, it was great TV, it's great TV, but I love the Pegasus. Yeah, the Pegasus is great. Uh, but but I can totally see the. Um, I can totally see the inspiration for Galactica in this with all the flak and all the, the incoming artillery yeah, and yeah, yeah. so nice. And it looks great too, by the way, it looks just really kinetic, which is great. The other one it reminds me of, I was going to say is the expanse. Mm. Expanse. I read the books, but I didn't watch the show. The show. If you like the books, you'll like the show. The, sh- the, the only thing, the only downside with the show is that if you've read the books, the first five or six episodes are kind of like world building for people who haven't read the books. Oh, okay. And you're like you're so you're watching like just come on, just okay, I get it, just come on. But once it starts to get going, you're like, oh, all right, they were setting that up for people who haven't read the books. Um, okay. But once you get past those first like setup episodes, it really like starts taking off, and the casting for the most part is really close to what at least I imagined. Uh, in the books, they did a really good job with the casting. Um, there are a handful of changes, but yeah, oh, they have part. They have to be. They yeah. Ha- yeah, they have to be. Yeah, changes, but yeah. it's it's an adaptation, not a direct translation. Yeah, and it's a very good adaptation. It's a very good adaptation. Um, uh, they're they're ending after this season, right? Like the sixth season is going to be their their last, right? I think the next season will be the last. Yeah. Yeah. Based on where the books go, that's probably a good idea. Because <laughs> ho- uh, holy uh, sh! No, no spoilers. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's that's all I'm saying. That's because because 
wow, the books go to some places. Um, yeah. And the books are going to end soon, too. I think the ninth book is going to be the last, which I think is the next book. And I think it's going to be the last book. I think that's it. Um, you know. Just, just on that note, I will add that it's a good thing that it is an adaptation and not a direct translation, because even for those who have read the books, there will be surprises because yeah. some yeah. things aren't exactly the same. Exactly. Exactly. So that is nice. It's a great show. I had to get caught up on it. I stalled out in the fourth season because it's based on my least favorite book. Uh, season so, five was great. Yeah. I say that much. I got to, I got to get caught yeah. up. I got to get caught up. So we have a couple questions from the chat. Uh, first off, is there going to be for your ship? Is there going to be any kind of crew management or experience or casualty tracking or anything like that for your ship? I'm not planning that right now. Uh, if anything, um, so if I if I feel it is, I if I feel I need another counter for stuff, <laughs> crew will be like you have 200 crew on the ship. Now you took damage and you only have 180. Maybe. Uh, maybe I'll do that, but I'm not planning um, to have like uh, individual officers with maybe skill trees or stuff like that. I'm uh, no, that's uh, that's way way too much, way way out of scope. <laughs> it would be a little disconcerting if you have to refill your crew from the refugees because <laughs> <laughs> you said that press, you said that press gangs from your ship, <laughs> like in the, like in the days of sail where they'd like just rustle up some guys from the street. You're coming on our boat now. Wait, what? I just got married. Oh, well. <laughs> and, and some of the people who they would impress onto, onto the ships were already sailors on other ships. <laughs> they just happened to be in port at the time. Oh, Congratulations. <laughs> Wait, you just got off that ship? We could use you on this one. Come on. Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, uh, and again, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the ultimate argument that uh, they did it on Galactica, so it's got to be valid. Uh, <laughs> that, that's true. That's, that, is, that is not they, an they, they, they recruited from the fleet, and I, uh, so, may, I might, you know, it's, it's not a bad idea. Uh, maybe uh, you'll have something like... Uh, on the station, you'll have um, a training uh, uh, training simulators and things who uh, hmm. convert some people from the refugee. I mean, I mean, take the most promising ones that um, become uh, become actual useful crew members. Because I mean, these ships are um, the point is there. There are no uh, deck swabs and stokers who shovel coal into the engine. <laughs> Right. Everything is pretty much highly automated, but you still need people uh, to fix stuff and to make sure everything works properly. But they're more like they're far more like uh, highly highly trained specialists and technical um, technicians than actually you know just people with uh, big muscles who shovel coal. <laughs> right. Uh, the other question we currently have in the chat is, uh, is this using a Newtonian flight model? It felt like it was yeah. uh, when I was playing it. So, uh, oh, uh, it's totally Newtonian, uh, and it's Newtonian with no speed limits, <laughs> which I'm very proud of. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was pretty much, uh, forgive, my, forgive my expression, a bitch to implement, but um, <laughs> I... I Playing a space game with speed limits is it just doesn't feel right for me. I know it's if you think about it, it is weird, isn't it? 
Like, if you think about it, like, my ship can only go 100 kilos an hour? Like, what? Yeah, I guess. I mean... There's no friction. What are you... What's going on here? There's... <laughs> yeah. Even even uh, games... I mean, uh, as <laughs> I, I'd rather have a game that actually make, uses the uh, what I call the soup flight model, where you're not flying through space. You're flying through soup, which slows you down, and there's friction, and you, uh, and you can't... Uh, move in one direction and turn in another, okay, fine, if you want to do that. But if you let me, if, you, if you're going to let me be Newtonian, let me go as fast as I want. The, the only game I know who did that uh, was uh, iWork. iWork 2 I played a lot of when I was a while ago. Uh, yeah, it's a long time ago. So, uh, yeah, but... Um, I think I it... If you, if you shut down the, the nav assist or stuff, you could go as mu- as fast as you wanted. That's and true. That's true. Going straight through, uh, zooming through an enemy formation at super high speed and not getting to fire at anybody. But, <laughs> I mean, you could. You could if you wanted to. On the opposite end, uh, I don't know if you ever played Jumpgate, but like that, that, was, that was like a semi-Newtonian model, but it had drag. But like... They claimed that the that like the galactic disaster that put you into where you are now in the game, like added particles to space that actually caused drag. You know, see space stuff. Yeah, so so that's like the only game I can think of that actually kind of explained a speed limit of sorts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Those who take the time to actually explain it. But every other game, it's like, wait, why can I only go this fast? I mean, I get why. It's a game thing. But, like, in, in reality, it's like, no, I should be able to just, you know, it's space, for God's sakes. But, like, you also, like, again, going back to that whole game argument, like, you know, it's a game <laughs> at the same sure, time. Sure. Of course. <clears throat> that, uh, you, you need to pick your battles when making a game. You can't, some stuff you just got to abstract away. You got to focus on what you want the game to be about. And the rest of the things are secondary. And if you feel they're getting in the way, you just abstract the way the bastards. No, I, I love it. Now, one thing I really did appreciate, uh, when a ship blew up, it left pieces of things <laughs> everywhere. That you was... Bump into the pieces and get really hurt by them, actually. <laughs> oh, really? I was, about, I was about to ask. That was one of the questions I had about that. Uh, the other question I had about that is, is there going to be like some kind of salvage mechanic? Because of all these pieces left behind, you know? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, so what happens is, yeah, you, you, you salvage the pieces of ships, and uh, they get added to your resource stash. And then your uh, the resources are what the station uses to repair your ship and to unlock upgrades for it. Nice. That's so, so that's good to know. I was wondering about that, because, like, one one ship, I think, when it blew up, left look, what looked like 50 to 100 pieces of debris. <laughs> that's probably too much but I mean it, it's it probably wasn't that much it just felt like wow that's a lot of stuff like because a lot of games when a ship blows up it's like I eh, just kind of like most games when something dies or something it's like, oh it just kind of fades away you know like oh it just disappears you know yeah. <laughs> but here it's like oh that ship had stuff on it and it's all floating about now <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, maybe there's more missiles in that wreckage we can salvage. <laughs> that's, uh, that's one thing that I'm not sure I want to. I want to add. So right now, uh, the thinking is you go to the to the wreck and you salvage it via. Actually, it's just uh, you, you won't see something that flies from your ship and picks up the 
stuff and brings it back or anything. It's just a, a, a progress bar. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you fly next to the rack and you fill the progress bar and you get some resources, which is a generic name. And that's it. You don't get actually working stuff out of uh, out of that catalyst. Oh, so you're basically like getting metal, basically. You're like, yeah, you're or like scrap. Yeah, yeah, scrap that you can turn into something back at base, whether it's fixing your ship or. Okay, but what but what about upgrades? Like, do they come from like scanning enemy ships and like, oh, they have a new turret, and like, how does how does the upgrade thing work? I'm actually thinking uh, you're not gonna do any, a lot of R and D in a combat zone in disaster area. That's fair. So uh, you probably know what you can put on your ship before uh, beforehand. So uh, you just uh, move to the station, stay there. Uh, as long for as long as it takes for the engineers to install the upgrade on the ship, which means basically filling the progress bar, and when it's full, uh, you uh, the upgrade just the, the new new guns or the new things pop into existence on your ship, and that's it. But um, so um, there are uh, like I, um, I'm a big fan of. Uh, a few up, a f- fewer upgrades that do a lot of uh, that that are very significant, as opposed to one percent upgrades. So uh, it's very possible that a ship will have maybe ten upgrades in total that you can buy. And it's uh, if if I can, I hope you won't ever be able to have enough money to buy all ten of them. But every one of those bastards is gonna feel a lot. It's gonna feel like a big deal. It's gonna improve your ship a lot. That's this is the, this is how I intend to to, to, to make it, but every uh, the list of upgrades is pretty much determined at, by me when I'm designing the ship, and uh, those are the, the, that's it. That's that's what can happen to the ship as far as upgrades are concerned. You won't have like I found this gun in the wreckage and I I want to stick it on on the front of my ship. And now I'm gonna have a new gun. That's not how it works. I I I don't really think that's how machinery actually works in the real world although I, I'm not very experienced in that I'm just going by what I read and stuff but usually to install something in a ship uh, as in a naval ship or maybe in a tank or any 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 piece of machinery oh that's months it's months sticks into other stuff yeah 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 exactly everything has to work together everything has to not screw something else up that's already been installed it's complicated I guess uh, I think and uh, that's pretty much the feeling I want to go with in this game. That you're actually, uh, I, I, I'm trying to keep it believable as much as possible. Well, no, that's fair. Like there are a lot of space games, and I, I say this with love. A lot of space games involve a decent amount of magic. You know, where it's like, oh look, here's a new gun. I'm just gonna slap that on there. You know, oh, instantly done. It's like, I mean, maybe sure, maybe that'll, maybe in a thousand years it'll be like magic. I don't know. But, like, I get what you're saying where it's like, oh, yeah, you can't just slap on a new turret on a big ship like this. That's going to take months of work, and you don't have the time because you got incoming. You know, you got to you – exactly. and, so, and so one thing I wanted to ask, because speaking of incoming, is, like, you were saying in the campaign it's not just enemies that are incoming, but you're going to have, like, friendly convoys oh, coming through your space yeah. as well. Because yeah, um, yeah. I know I noticed I it's funny you bring up iWar. I I noticed a couple of autopilot settings that you have that are like straight out of iWar, which are like uh, what 
like there's the mat there's the match there's the there's the the rendezvous one mm-hmm. and the formation one I think you have which are uh, I, th- um, I don't remember actually what I what was in the build I sent you because that was already like a month ago or something and I the uh, stuff changes right recently. but I'm I'm pretty sure those two were in there and I'm like wow this is like I wore this is very much like I War because you had those autopilot modes in that game too. Obviously, I, I played the hell out of Firework. Yeah. Definitely. Oh man. Uh, oh yeah. Actually, there, uh, there's the stop button that makes you stop relative to whatever you're targeting. So, uh, basically, so if something is moving at 10 kilometers per second in a direction, and I stop relative to that thing, I will also be moving 10 kilometers per second in that direction. It's, uh, oh, you're not stopping, stopping. You're stopping. Or, or if you don't select anything, you're you're stopping relative to the station, which is basically the uh, background uh, gravitational, uh, the the default speed, which is for for that uh, position in space. So that's stopping, stopping, as in <laughs> zero velocity relative to everything else <clears throat> in the universe. Uh, or your relative, or you can go to relative stop relative to a um, um, certain enemy, and then you're not moving, you're not changing the dis- your distance and uh, position relative to that guy. But if that guy is moving uh, in a direction, you're also moving. So, so you, you're not moving relative to him, you're moving to a relative to everything else. That's just the way it works. Right. Uh, it's kind of uh, it's weird to explain this stuff because <laughs> I'm hoping to. Um, uh, for players to realize this without actually thinking t- about it too much, it just it should feel obvious. And if it doesn't, um, I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I gotta figure out something. I, I'd say it mostly felt obvious. Um, I mean, yeah, it needs a tutorial clearly. But I mean, like I said earlier, it did not take too long to figure out enough to get going. You know, um, be- because again, you have a great you. UI. Now, I did want to talk um, about the different weapons in the game because there are basically what three main weapon systems, if I recall correctly. There's the um, there's the artillery thing, which is your main batteries, and then you have smaller turrets, and then you have missiles. And it sounds like uh, I didn't really play with this, but it sounds like there are different types of ammo as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. So. Um the main battery is uh, the biggest guns, which are pretty much your tool for killing other ships. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what they're optimized for. And then there you have uh, the uh, you have you also have smaller guns, which are much easier to install on a ship. So you're gonna so you're gonna have a lot of them uh, grouped into a few batteries. So um, if I'm remembering correctly, um, the battle cruiser has. Uh, four main battery turrets pretty much uh, on its back that can cover a, a huge uh, a half half sphere half sphere of space i guess um, and then you're gonna have um three secondary batteries one uh, forward and two on the back so uh you use the secondaries to defend against enemy ammo basically those are point defense um, um uh, uh, weapons like SeaWiz and SeaRam are in modern days. Um, so um, the 
the idea is that you mostly keep those secondaries to defend you, except if you've got a better idea, and in which case you can also have them attack stuff. But when they're attacking things, you're pretty much you should probably use different ammo because point defense ammunition is uh, really only optimized to kill things at very short range. Uh, so it's kind of inaccurate uh, at anything beyond like a few kilometers. But the thing is, um, you can also load other kinds of ammo that can actually hurt ships somewhat. And uh, you can use those. Uh, they're not going to be uh, the same as uh, the heavy artillery. They're not going to be as effective. But there's more of them. And they're kind of useful to at least maybe shut, shut up one of his guns, I guess. Or maybe disable an engine if you're lucky. It can help. But it's uh, your call as the captain whether you want to leave yourself defenseless by doing this. Because when you're switching to the actual um, heavier, still secondary ammunition, but heavier ammo, uh, that one is less useful for actually defending you, for actually shooting down any ordnance. So it's a, it's a trade-off. Um, the main battery also has... Um, so there's also has multiple ammo types. So there's the default, um, the, the default option that kind of deals good damage at good range with good accuracy. Uh, but if you want, if, if you're in a certain situation, you can switch to, say, high-velocity rounds, which are much lighter, but they, they travel much faster. So therefore, uh, the enemy point defense has less time to shoot them down. So they're more likely to hit, but they'll do less damage. It's a trade-off. You, you have to think about this thing as, as, as the captain. Um, and the same thing applies to missiles, which are, of course, um, uh, a different, uh, completely different system in that they're, uh, they have 100% uh, accuracy. So uh, if, you, if you shoot a missile at, at a point on the enemy, it's going to hit that point on the enemy, for sure. However, it may get shot down along the way, of course, because it's a physical object. And um, you never have enough missiles. And... Uh, you want to keep a few in reserve just in case the bad guys shoot missiles at you. Because missiles are very good at catching other missiles. So, um, and also there are multiple types. So uh, I've been pretty much inspired by um, what the U.S. Navy currently does. Uh, well, pretty much most navies. They install these vertical launch systems on their ships. And these are big basically big tubes that they put on the deck of the ship and, they, and you can put any many types of missiles in that tube and even if they're, the, the missiles are smaller you can put many, multiple missiles in the same tube uh, and this is also what happens here so you might opt to, um, to have one silo uh, use uh, light missiles in my game currently called light missiles and they go four in each tube and they're short range, they're not very powerful, but they're good at shooting down other missiles and preventing them from hitting you. Or, on the other end, is the, are actually uh, nukes, nuclear missiles, which are uh, very slow to reload and very expensive, but they pack an absolute uh, crap ton of damage if you can get them on the enemy. That's calculated risk. Whenever you launch a nuke, you're going to do all you can to make sure uh, nobody shoots it down and loot. But when it hits something, it probably messes it up. Uh, so yeah, multiple ammo types. And also, um, 
I was gonna actually add um, uh, a devlog uh, with details about this, but I might as well go ahead now. Uh, there are also um, canister um, ammunition. So basically, uh, cannon shells that when they reach the target, when they're approaching into their point defense range, the shell breaks up into a lot of smaller shells, which are pretty unlikely to get shot down. And it's, the result is a shower of uh, little explosions on his hull. Most are probably oh. armor, but maybe one or two mess up something. Oh, that sounds great. And that so, sounds great. <laughs> I, I love I love, love you like it. Uh, yeah, and uh, so you have missiles uh, and shells with fragmentation functionality. And uh, also the, the kind of um, third type of special ammo is uh, flak. So um, you can use your secondary batteries. Uh, you can use a secondary battery if you want. Uh, tell it to put up a flag screen between you and an enemy. And at that point, it's going to start shooting pretty much randomly uh, uh, explosive charges towards that guy. And the result is a uh, and, those, and those explosive charges blow up uh, pretty much near your ship. The result is a wall of explosions between you and that guy, which hopefully intercepts a lot of what he's shooting at you. Mm. Maybe even all of it. But the, the downside, of course, is that you can't keep this up for very long because you run out of ammo and stuff. I mean, it's going to have to be balanced, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun, but I guess uh, the balancing part. But, um, yeah, you can, sh you can also shoot flak. And I'm also maybe going to add um, flak functionality to the main battery in that you're shooting uh, canister uh, shells that actually blow up at the enemy ship and create a, a flag screen in front of him, preventing him from shooting anybody else, which would probably help when he's, uh, he's approaching and attacking the station. You just fill, fill the space up around him with flag and uh, keep him contained until you get there. Now, when you mention flak, uh, are there going to be fighters? You, I mean, they don't have to be, but like, are there going to be any kind of fighters? Okay, <laughs> just just the, that's fine. That's fine. Just the big ships. That's fine. But when I hear flak, I think fighters. You know, I think fighters. I think bombers. You know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, or even just defensive drones you can deploy. You put those out. For example, sit in an area, sit in the same area, and then have them act as a flak screen. Well, I mean, those are fighters, essentially. What's the difference? <laughs> True. Right? Well, in that you wouldn't be able to use them directly offensively. You'd be able to use them defensively only. And I mean, they'd be short range. Uh, sh okay, I guess. Um, hmm. So, about fighters... Um, this game actually went through several iterations, and one of them was uh, a battle carrier game. So you were flying this carrier, but you could also fly little, these little fighters that you launch from the carrier. And um, yeah, the thing is, it's uh, the UI is the, ma the major problem here. Mm. So if you're gonna fly a fight, if you if if I'm gonna do that, then I really need something like a, a radar, a 3D radar where I can see my fighters, see where they are, see where the enemy is, and coordinate everything. I need the CIC. Yeah, you need Dreadus. Yeah, that's exactly what you need. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I mean, Galactica's Dreadus, I think, 
I, I don't know how they could actually fly the ship with that thing. I, just, <laughs> I looked a lot, watched, watched Galactica again and again. I'm trying to understand how, what they they see in that thing. Because I, I, I don't really understand. I mean, of course, it's a TV show. But I don't think, I don't know how you could actually, yeah. Uh, I don't know. If it's it's uh, it's a big problem, and, I, and it's a problem I haven't actually cracked. I don't. I need to work on this, and if I manage to, the next game will probably be Capital Command Bell Carrier. Oh. I hope I'm uh, no promises, no nothing. <laughs> I'd love to make that, but first let me mail uh, battleships. And then we can go to carriers. And- no, totally fair. Totally fair. It's just, <laughs> it's your, when you when you bring when you bring up flak, it's fighters of the and like bombers are the first thing that comes to mind. But I could see also the use of flak in a larger like battleship uh, situation. No, that totally makes sense. <laughs> yes, missiles. I mean, missiles are the uh, fighters of this game. That's that's true, and they don't miss. Which which is why you need which is why you need some to defend against them. I just realized that why are they called missiles when they can't miss? Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. So you keep you keep bringing up the UI, and I do want to talk about that because you seem to have put a lot of work into this UI. Like, how many iterations have you gone through? Of- I don't know. It's never ending. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got this uh, this uh, file that pretty much handles a lot of the UI logic, and it's like ten thousand lines long already. And oh my gosh, Jesus, yeah, it's, it's giant. But I mean, uh, I try to keep it understandable for me, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, a very interesting challenge technically as a programmer because I'm pretty much my job, my my training is as a programmer. And uh, making this project is, uh, wow, it's a challenge. Keeping everything simple enough so that half a year later, I can look at a piece of code and pretty much kind of understand what's happening there. Uh, yeah. But the UI uh, in this game um, has been, is, is nothing like it started, of course. Um, I guess maybe five or six pretty much different as in ground up, from the ground up rebuilds of the whole thing, I guess. I'm not sure, because uh, it's very much like uh, the, uh, what was it called? It's, it's every, component, every part of it changed multiple times, <laughs> I have to say. But the main, the main thing I wanted to achieve with this UI was that I didn't want any other screens. So when you're fighting a battle, I don't want you to have to switch to a different screen to watch uh-huh. damage control, right? Or switch to a different screen to, to switch ammo on your guns or to give... I want everything to stay in one screen. And uh, it, it took uh, it took some doing, obviously, but I think I kind of got that. Oh, I agree, yeah. Things pop up when you need them and then they go away when they don't in the like yeah. main areas uh, of the UI. So yeah. it, it's, it's, very dy- it's a very dynamic UI. Which is really great, especially for a game like this, where the situation can change in a second. You know, so so it's it's really handy, and I, I like how the UI. Like we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, 
Like you, it enables direct control if you want it, but if you don't, you can just give like attack that and just go and just like manage the other systems. You still have to shoot the guns, right? You can tell it to go towards take take an attack trajectory on a target, but it's you who has to actually uh, issue the fire commands, right? Like I, I I noticed that even when I told it to attack, I still had to click the target with my like targeting reticle, and then the batteries would start firing at that target. Actually, there's this uh, toggle. I don't know if you if you saw it. Um, right next to the ammo uh, selection buttons is a, a toggle called called direct control. If I remember well, what the label was at that point. So uh, if you click that and you turn it off, you can just click an enemy a point on the enemy ship. And the battery that you've selected will keep shooting that point while it has ammo. Oh, I had fire at will on the entire time. <laughs> fire at will. That's, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. If you turn it off. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. That's that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, you can do the same thing for the main battery, too. So you can uh, go for, select the main battery, uh, turn off uh, fire at will. Uh, turn on fire at will. If, I think uh, there was fire at will for the main battery. Anyway, there will be if there wasn't. So you can you turn it on. You you tell it essentially, yeah, hit that guy in the nose, and and forget about the main battery. And the guns will just keep keep hitting that guy in the nose uh, as long as they have ammo, and as long as they can turn to actually aim at that point. Right. Um, of course, the main battery also has an, an accuracy mechanic. I don't know if you 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 actually interacted with that. The thing is, if you turn the guns, uh, they lose accuracy, so they need to keep uh, aiming at a certain in a certain direction, and then they'll gain accuracy towards that. So you can either choose to uh, uh, fire a, a shot like from the hip, you know, just shoot in in that guy's general direction and hope something hits him, or you can uh, linger on a certain point and uh, the battery uh, and the targeting reticle actually closes down on that point. So you'll shoot a very focused and accurate salvo. Right. I, I noticed that once you... T- it takes a while. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I noticed that when you told a ship to attack, it would eventually... It would basically, like, pick the best point for you to shoot its, your your ship's weapons and try and stay at that point relative to the other ship. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the logic of, uh, of uh, the attack command is to perform uh, flybys at... Not very fast relative to the target. Right. Uh, move around, move, uh, make a flyby of the target, and then turn around and make another flyby on a different vector, and so on uh, at infinitum, essentially. That's the idea of uh, the uh, combat. Wait, Chris, in the chat, what's an alpha strike? You say you call that an alpha strike. What is? What do you mean by an alpha strike? Uh, I, all, uh, oh, all the guns at once? Is that an uh, alpha strike? That is an alpha strike. Oh. Oh, okay. Kind of like that. There's that command in Starfleet Command where it's like just shoot everything. Uh, well, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's different than fire at will because when when you're firing an alpha strike, it is everything at once. Right. So going for burst rather than uh, staggering out your damage. Mm-hmm. In this game, actually, uh, it's very, very useful to fire a lot of stuff at once. But you have to keep in mind that um, if you f- if you shoot it at once, it's not necessarily supposed. It's not uh, necessary that it arrives at once. 
So if you've got missiles that take 20 seconds to reach the target and guns that take 15 seconds, you shoot the missiles now and five seconds later you shoot the guns. You know, mm. so you want everything to arrive at once, not to leave at once. You want it to get at the target at once because then you have a very good chance of overwhelming his point of defense. Now I wanted or, to add, oh sorry. Yeah, this, this is what is going to happen when the point of defense is actually correctly tuned. For now, I mean, I don't know if it actually works right now, but that's the, the, the target, right? <laughs> So I wanted to ask, uh, going back to the UI, when you get damaged, you have a list of things that are damaged and, like, the time it'll take to fix them. Is there a way to prioritize what gets fixed first? So the way the damage works in uh, in Capital Command is um, as exactly you've got the list of things that are broken. And uh, also uh, in that list are any uh, damage over time effects which I call fires, for simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, the ship uh, automatically repairs everything. I don't know if this was in the build I sent you. Maybe it's so in the in the video, uh, and, and this is in our build, of course, that we have, Yeah. Uh, there are three damage control teams that you can send out, and they will, once they are in place, they will start repairing that particular system faster, and then there's a cooldown before they can be reassigned to something else. Yes, 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 yes. So it was, yeah, so the, the, the damage gets repaired automatically, but it takes a while. So you can let it uh, play out, like, maybe it'll take five minutes for this, for this gun to get repaired. But if you want to shoot this gun right now, you can deploy a damage control party, and it'll go uh, maybe ten times faster or something. So it's it'll take far less time if you deploy if you deploy a DCP. Oh, I see. So you see DCPs, which is. Oh, I see. So the crew will try and fix a thing, but if you deploy a damage control party to a specific thing, which you have control over. uh, Oh, okay. I did not realize. Do it faster, but then. But then there is a long cooldown before yeah. you can send that party out again. Oh boy! So you have to weigh whether or not it's worth sending out a team that you may not have available for a more critically damaged system. Oh man, that's the idea. Yeah. So much risk reward in this game. I mean, that's how it should be. That's that's it's so, a good thing. That's it's that's totally how it should be. It's it's that's it's. A- it's so rough watching enemy fire come into your ship. It's like, oh god, and all these little fires are popping out on your hull. It's like, ah, oh. it's de- it's but, it's. But, but, but also, when you when you uh, take down somebody's point of fence and you, you just hit him again and again with the main battery, and his whole hull looks like a Christmas tree, it's lit up with fire and damage and sparks and everything. It makes me kind of sorry for the poor bastard. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> they're, they're no human. They're AI. They're AI. There's so whatever. More. Yeah, exactly. There's not, not like you're hurting any people. Um, but it's a beautiful ship. I mean, right. Of course, it's still well, material. Yeah, you do want to save the metal. Yeah, <laughs> save the metal. You can use it. <laughs> <laughs> so right. So right now, the plan is to uh, is to what hit early access because right now your Steam page says Q2. Is that um, you're going to come out in early access in Q2 or? You, but no, no early access for this one. Oh, you're gonna uh, try and go straight to 1.0. Well, what's the, what is the difference? Uh, I mean, pretty much everything in early access is actually almost done. 
in my well, well access. Uh, it depends. There are some it really depends. It's a very early alpha in early access. Very early, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some games that are like, wow, you should not have released this in early access. I really don't want that. So actually, this is this is one of the mistakes I made with, uh, with Thrust and Shoot. Uh, the first game I released in early access, and it was a really unfinished state, and it had only one mission, and that um, that wasn't even that that much fun, and um, people didn't really like it all that much. No shit, because <clears throat> it was not done. It was uh, the game isn't it wasn't what it, what it was supposed to do, what what it was supposed to be, and uh, so now I'm 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 totally put off by early access. I think. Mm. If I'm gonna get somebody's money for something, it better be a damn good thing. You know? That's fair. I mean, That's I fair. yeah. We, we early access does have a use; it does have a place. But at the same time, um, at the same time, if it's used yeah. right, sorry, if it's used right, uh, early access can be great um, if it's used properly. But uh, I, think, I think it's something more more adequate for a certain type of game. Mm. And for bigger teams, so I'm I'm mm. uh, I am the whole de- uh, dev team for this game, right? And everybody who made the Unity engine, but uh, so I I really don't have time to uh, uh, to babysit the community and uh, look at what everybody's posting and make sure the build on early access is working properly. That's fair. People have paid money for it, so they expect a, a product that works. You know. That's so fair. Yeah. Do you, fair, you know? Yeah. Do you have uh, Do you have people you're playtesting with? Do you have uh, folks that are helping you? I do not. It's just me. And, oh. Uh, may I suggest uh, some people in our community? We have a lot of people who are experienced testers. Yeah. 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 Have, having people, as I'm learning with um, this other project I'm helping on, uh, having. Having actual dedicated playtesters can be a real boon because they will play the game differently than you do. Oh sure. And and, and so yeah, please yeah, you should uh, totally feel free to ask some folks in our community if they would mind helping because like getting getting more eyes on a thing, uh, even if you're not doing early access, just getting more eyes on a thing is nothing but helpful. Really. Yeah, you can definitely run a closed beta through steam that's true pre-release beta and get more eyes on it at least to get more feedback before you go to 1.0 yeah i i do intend to do that oh good uh, once uh, stuff is um pretty much closer well i'm i'm currently working on the campaign as i have described it to you because i actually started um uh, I actually uh, decided on this campaign concept maybe December last year. So pretty recently, until then, I was planning something much bigger, which I tried to make, and uh, it turned out that I don't have the resources to actually make this uh, large open campaign, uh, procedurally generated map, huge thing. So actually at that point I decided to go to this uh, defend the station thing, which I think uh, I'm. I'm not really sure there are very many games who are so uh, so focused on one thing, but I think it helps because uh, you actually. I'm the, the 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 hope for me is to develop a uh, a connection with that station. So you're keeping it alive, 
and in exchange, the station is uh, repairing your ship and upgrading it. And um, I'm hoping to, to create a bond between you and the station so that eventually at the end of the game, when everybody evacuates and you, uh, you leave, and the enemies actually arrive and blow it up eventually, because you stop defending it. You're, I, I, I'm hoping to be sorry for that, for that thing, you know. So um, my point is that uh, I'm, I'm rambling. Sorry, <laughs> uh, it's fine. My, <laughs> my point is that uh, right now the campaign is a very much a work in progress. But as soon as it's kind of where I hope it is, I'm gonna start close betas. Definitely. Oh, good. Okay, that sounds great. Um, I don't and I don't know how, but uh, yeah, that's certainly something I intend to do. Well, again, folks, we already have, um, I believe, we already have someone, uh, we already have uh, Chris in the, uh, we already have a couple people in the chat, Chris and uh, Ruben, looking to uh, volunteer. So we already have some people in the YouTube chat. Uh, But uh, yeah, so we're going to, you know, start wrapping up. Um, But folks, again, the folks, the game is Capital Command. It is currently on... Uh, you can't buy it yet on Steam, but it is on Steam for you to wishlist. I put a link out here. Um, it is on Steam for you to wishlist, and uh, based on our time with it, it looks like it's really going to be a good time. I mean, I had just watching these ships pound each other was just a delight, you know. Uh, this, is, this is why I, I really hope to add. Uh, I'm kind of hoping to add something uh, to let you uh, let ships fight each other and you're just watching the fireworks. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, If you can also make a screensaver of that. Seriously. I've, I've asked so many people that make games like this to make a screensaver of just a cap ship battle like this. Just, just, I I did not imagine. I did not think of that. I will. (laughs) Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, I would love a screen, uh, just a, a screensaver of a random cap ship battle like this. Just just a bunch of random ships. Uh, how great a screensaver would that be? Or or a um, <clears throat> battle replay mode, if oh. that would be possible. Oh, that too. That'd be great too. Like, like I, I'm sure you've seen um, Battlestar Galactica Deadlock, where uh, they've got they've they've got an amazing replay mode that like looks like the show. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it, it, it edits all. It, it edits everything together, and then you can change camera modes. And yeah, view from different. Yeah, it's very very. Yeah, I I agree, Chris. We need more games like this. There aren't enough cap ship games. There really aren't. So, so so more ship more games like this are great. Uh, so next week on the podcast, very exciting. Uh, we have. You may uh, gamers of a certain age may remember a company called SSG, uh, Strategic Studies Group. They made things like Reach for the Stars, Warlords, um, Carriers at War, things like that. Um, we're gonna have them on the show next week. I'm actually quite nervous about it because, uh, like, they're like lo- they're like they're like gaming luminaries. That's like gaming royalty right there. And like we're having them on the show next week. It's like, oh my god. Uh so that's gonna be at the normal time of um no SSI is a different company. Uh that was um what was the I forget what SSI, do you remember what SSI stood for? It was like 
strategic study. It's been so many years. <laughs> strategic studies or something like that. But SSG was the company that made um, Warlords and they made uh, Reach for the Stars. They made Carriers at War. They, uh, that, that was, that was, that was, um, Battle Battle Arden. Um, SSG is kind of still around, but we are lucky that the folks from SSG are still around. Um, ah, strategic simulations. Yes. That's what SSI meant. Um, we're lucky that the folks from SSG are still around to talk to us about, cause they were around in the eighties and nineties. That was when they did their thing. And that's like the most amazing era of gaming history. So like, like I want to talk to them about not just reach for the stars, their space game, but like warlords and all that stuff. Warlords is their big thing. Like they had like, God, there were like set, there's like seven or eight warlords games. If you look at them, uh, between warlords and warlords battle cry. Uh, and those are, those are all great. Uh, so that's going to be on the podcast next week. Uh, for Thursday, what are we doing Thursday? Are we doing dying light on Thursday? I think we're doing dying light on Thursday. I don't remember now. Uh, yes, it is dying light. All right. So yeah, Thursday for our afternoon land party, we're going to be, um, we're going to be returning to dying light. Uh, I should have enough steam today to do a stream this afternoon. I hope I do. Um, but if not, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, but I want to thank everyone in the chat for hanging out, asking great questions. It was a great chat this morning. Really appreciate it. Uh, and um, Alex, I want to thank you for coming on and taking the time out of your afternoon, <laughs> your afternoon, to, uh, <laughs> to talk to us about uh, Capital Command. It looks really great. And folks, pl playing, playing even this early version was very visceral. Just watching these ships slug at each other with physical ammo was really delightful. And so you really need to wish list this today and keep an eye out for an upcoming beta test. Um, oh, absolutely. But that'll do it for this one. Thanks uh, so much, everyone, for hanging out. Take care of each other. Be well, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.